Yes, Indiana's favorite, Bobby. I'm not so sure about that, but nonetheless, Bobby Heenan will be a part of the record-breaking crowd set at the Indianapolis Hoosier Dome for WrestleMania, some 72,000-plus. I'm Indiana's favorite, Bobby. I thought Bobby Knight was... Bobby Knight is Ooh. definitely Indiana's... Who? Bobby uh, Knight. Bobby Knight, basketball oh, fame, Bobby Knight. Coach. Oh, is that Gladys Knight's brother? <laughs> Let's take you to action now and... Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for your main event of the week. Hailing from Table Show Studios in Kansas City. Hosted by Captain Awesome and T-Mac. It is the Spanish Announce Table. T-Mac, we are recording. It is episode 217. That's not how you say that. It is 217, T-Mac, and we have Brian Shields, author of Second Nature, The Legacy of Ric Flair and the Rise of Charlotte, on with us in our third segment. We're going to put you through the torture that is the rest of the Spanish announce table before you get to that, but you need to stay tuned for that because it is amazing. But before we get into that, T-Mac... How are you? I am well. You I are well. I tell you what, had a fun weekend. I uh, went up to Omaha, Nebraska, watched a Nebraska football game. University they lost. Of Nebraska football game. You watched them lose a football game. Yeah. Oh, man. And it sucked. Yeah. So, so uh, did K-State. But, but, yeah. But you watched Nebraska lose a football game, yeah. Well, I don't care about that. Yeah, I know I you don't. There was 89,644 people there. A lot of people in, in that stadium when it's game day. It's like the Jesus third largest metro area on game day, I think I saw one time at least. It, that was incredible. So I went there. Uh, yeah, they did lose uh, two pick sixes in the first half. That kind of set the tone for the crowd, which here's the funniest thing to happen from it. So they lose, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever. We get down on the field because you can cross uh, sections of the the field by walking on the track, which is on field level. And so, like, you're literally, like, with arm's distance of, like, the offensive lineman warming up. So it's really cool. Um, But here's the funniest thing, I think. Here was the ha-ha of the weekend for me. We uh, were leaving, right? And their chant is, go Big Red. And then you're supposed to say, go Big Red. Mm -hmm. That's the call and response. Right. So we're leaving. And uh, where we parked, you had to walk through some of the dorm buildings, right? Okay. And so we're walking past some of the dorm buildings. And I hear a girl say, go Big Red. And... You know, I just assume it's for someone else. Yeah. No one says anything, right? Because there's a crowd around me, too. It wasn't just me and my right. the people I went with. So Your then wife. she says it again, go Big Red. And then she goes, you in the gray. And I was wearing a gray shirt. She goes, yeah. you in the gray. Say it back. And I go, I'm not from here, Z-O-U. Because right. <laughs> <laughs> they never cheered because they were getting their asses kicked the entire time. So I go, I don't know what this yeah. is. I'm not from here. So so this is a unique a unique setting because you're very you know, you you chide me a lot, if that's a correct word, uh, on being a college sports fan, some big K State fan. They also lost. Uh, it was a sad day in the Rainer household. Um but you got to go to one of the more iconic 
I think, college right. football setting. So how was that? It was awesome. I yeah. mean, the whole atmosphere, the tradition, the waving of the arms, the Husker power, yeah. the go big red, go big red. The Oh, and also reasonable prices on everything. Wow. $2 okay. hot dogs. Are really? you serious? Man, I think that's better than K-State. I know. I was like, God damn. Man. And then, Man. So here's my, here's my takeaway <laughs> from this. Though. I'm coming to Nebraska fan. That ain't happening. Here's, here's my takeaway. Okay. So, on one hand, it's amazing, right? And that's great. But then on the other hand, and this again goes to the whole college things, and I don't get it. There's <laughs> 89,000 people there. Yep. I bought more than one hot dog. Yeah. I'm assuming more than 20,000 other people bought a hot dog, a drink, or more. Yep. And these poor kids are not getting a dime. You're getting an education, there T-Mac. Literally, there is literally people wearing jerseys of the current football players, yeah. and that current football player can't get a dime. No money. No, if he gets a dime, he's fucked. He's it's done. Incredible. He's he he's kicked out, and they lose five scholarships, and they've got to fire two assistant coaches that really had nothing to do with it. And you know, we move on, and everything's forgotten. Yeah, college sports it's does have its shit, and we've talked about that, man. I mean, we're both not a fan of the system of it, and I just, uh, I'm just part of the problem, just because I grew up in a college town, and just you know, it's it's, I had my brain fried enough. So, man, T Mac, uh, my week. Uh, unless you had anything else going on. I'm trying to think. No. No. Nope. Nope. I've just been super busy at work, but we also had a double shot of swim trunk soccer games. Um, How's he doing? They did. He's doing great. Even the coach told us uh, that uh, he was playing way better since the first, uh, the beginning of the year, uh, kind of after the end of the game. So swim trunk, my son, uh, they had a game Saturday and a game Sunday and they both won a game and lost a game seven to two. So there you go. I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. Wait a minute. The score was seven to two in both games, seven to two in both games. And they won one loss. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. It's interesting for me watching fifth graders, right? Play this soccer because it's just, you know, it's soccer and it's obviously not at an amazing level or even close to, right? It's fifth grade Mm -hmm. soccer, right? Uh, Like my son's never played a game of soccer. He's always played in clinics and just pickup games, right? So you have this various skill level, various size of humans, right? (laughs) And, And then just, it's just a unique experience. I kind of stand back and there's these coaches yelling at these fifth graders right and not yelling but just shouting instructions and just odd to me to kind of see the how that happens right i'm like why are these kids even doing this right like it, well, it's just it's a fun thing to watch so animated and so passionate about something that everyone will forget in 12 months <laughs> right yeah that's the part i don't get i never understood son you gotta go out there and give 110 mm-hmm. percent now keep running what are i can't i can time? give you a little uh insight into some of that so what it is for us is seeing some growth in our son right he's had some issues with uh getting over uh, an issue like say we've had some issues with team sports before because you know something went one way and he thought the other and you know he couldn't grasp that emotion so now it's seeing him uh fall uh backwards on his heel right kind of trip over his own foot or well got kicked up and then he got up and 
booted the ball out for an assist into a score, right? Scored an assist. And I'm like, awesome. Whereas before, he would have fucking stopped, laid there, you know what I mean? Things like that. So it's just, so there's some of that as far as my personal son, right? And then some of the context comes in, well, it's in the course of this game, so obviously, and I see these kids practice, so you kind of start caring about the kids saying like, hey, man, you put forth effort today, right? And you know that. But, yeah, beyond that, it, it was just kind of a surreal experience seeing even on a athletic level, like seeing, it's like, wow, there was this fat kid team, like he was fat. Kid was fat, but he was the fastest kid on the field. Shortest kid, fattest kid, fastest kid. So I'm, awesome. just, I'm amazed like by that. I, I keep saying to my wife, I'm like, that fucking kid is fast. The fat kid is fast. And she's like, yeah, I get it. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. You try He's to the run. Shortest, race him, and I right. bet you he wins. Race a bunch of people that are skinnier and taller than you and beat them in a race. Do it now. <laughs> Do it now. 20 other kids hey, out asked, there. Yeah. You asked me last week how many second graders I could beat up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many second and- graders could you beat up? I don't know, but here's my question to you now, because you are around them. How many fifth graders do you think you could beat up? Ooh, oh man, it's gonna be only a handful, right? I mean, it, and it depends on how smart they are. So if they're you coming remember in, remember how big you are. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm gonna get wide, okay? I'm gonna get wide. And you gotta realize that they're gonna be scared. I'm gonna get wide and veiny. You know what I'm talking about, right? You ever get angry where you get veiny angry, right? That's a shirt right there, veiny angry, right? You're just fucking. Rah! Right, so I'm gonna get real wide, and I the first one that's gonna make a charge, you have to make an example of them, right? I mean, you have to throw them, right? I'm so so back of the hockey style jersey and launch a fifth grader. (laughs) This is the Spanish announce table wrestling podcast. So you're gonna launch that first one, right? Preferably at the other ones. Right. So then I think if I accomplish that, the number increases greatly because a lot of them are just going to run away. So there's only going to be like four left. Okay. So I'm going to take out the, I think all of them. I could take out all of them. Wow. All the fifth graders. No, if you want a serious answer, um, I would think five and that's depending on that they're coming at you all at once. Right. And you've got to kind of do this I'm, weird I, shove I, I thing, think right? I can take out 32. You think you can take out 32 fifth graders? Some of these kids are as tall as me, man. Yeah. I mean, near it, they're probably at nose level height. Some of them are. Yeah, I can take them. 32. <laughs> 32. Line them up. If you have 32 fifth graders that have health insurance and want an ass kicking. You could walk into a classroom of fifth graders, like, and I'm talking a, a 32, so I'm talking not the worst you know, urban school where where we've crowded them too much, but not you know Overland Park here where it's you know, you know they've all got their own, you know, oh, private limousine that, to school. That has something to do with it too. What yeah, what demographic am I beating up? Right. You see, I mean, there's so many kids, variables. Yeah, I get like sixty. Uh, that's why I hate these hypotheticals because realistically, my answer is going to change on numerous hypotheticals because I'm a smart human being and I think about all the all the various things that can happen. Right. Yeah. Right. I think I think I I'm still sticking with 32. <laughs> the first 32. 12 are going to be done. All right, T-Mac. So, we like <laughs> But good job for Swim Trunk. Uh-huh. Yeah, Swim Trunk. He's doing a lot better, man. He's he's uh they got him out of defense a little bit cuz he was new to this team and this team's been playing together for years. So they had just been throwing him back on defense, right? Which he likes to do naturally. But now he's he's moving up to forward, I guess they call it. I don't I don't know soccer all that well. Um, so he's up there, you know, at the front of the line. So you kind of start playing defense once it gets closer to the goal, right? Because you're kind of hanging back, 
making sure you don't, you know, go too far. But then, you know, when it's in the middle, it's all him. And he's he's got some moves. He's out there, but he's trying to be a little too fancy. He thinks he's hot shit. Swim well, trunk. He's a fifth grader, of course. Swim trunk, fifth grader. You can take out 32 of them. T-Mac, you like to kick yes. us off positive each week in wrestling. Right? I do. All right. So you do that by giving us three things that you found positive this week. And those are? Yep. Well, it wasn't uh, the best week for pro wrestling, but you know what? I made a pledge to you, the listener, and I will fulfill that pledge. So here are my three P's. P number one, Rusev beats Orton and then has the best promo of the week. <laughs> right, okay. Did you see this? Yes. So he beats him in two minutes because of uh, interference from Aiden English, which, you know, why not? Neither here nor there. Right. That happens, right? Yeah. But then Rusev acts like he just won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, yeah. celebrates so happy, and goes backstage. Renee Young says, uh, Rusev, you seem elated. And the first thing he says is, what does that mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking Rusev, man. He's the best. And then he goes, Rusev number one. Yeah. <laughs> he just, he just, I thought it was great. He's, he's like your drunk friend. He's like your drunk friend at a college party, right? Who had who started drinking four hours before you left for the party, right? Rusev. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then he celebrates getting one ball in the cup in beer pong. Right. As if that's a like great feat right, and won't yeah. shut up about it. Right. That's exactly how he was. Right. He's that guy. He's like, yeah, I'm the tank or whatever the fuck he calls himself, right? right. You're like, yeah, Rusev, great. And you're just like, hey, man, uh, that was only one. So <laughs> yeah. anyhow, I loved it. So hopefully that's a continuation of feud, which means I like it because I like the pairing of Orton and Rusev and it gives them both something to do. That's so far enjoyable. Okay. P number two. P two. And we're going to get into this in the news, but I'll just cover it here. Uh, they never fail <clears throat> to do tributes bad. And so the tribute to Bobby the Brain Heenan on Monday Night Raw. I was a little upset that they didn't mention it on SmackDown, but I feel like maybe they thought that was going to be overkill for back-to-back -back nights to play the same video, essentially. So sure. I'm not too upset about it. But the initial video that they did show on Monday Night Raw, I thought it was spectacular. thought it was a great uh, tribute and encompassed really the entire career of Bobby the Brain Heenan well. And uh, for those who weren't familiar, I think they were after that video. And uh, they their just production department is top-notch, and so another great video. So there's that. Now, P number three, and it's more so just they're still doing it, and they're still doing it well. And it's the Brock and Braun promo. Mm -hmm. I like this. It was a little bit like the Joe and Brock promo with the split screen and the, I'm going to kick your ass and Paul speaks for me and now I'm upset, so I'll speak for myself at the end. But it's still done well. And Braun, again, shined like no one else has in that right. role since I can't think because everything he's been doing since he got pushed with Roman Reigns, even before that with the jobbers, has been just home run after home run after home run. And it's just been spectacular. And then he beats up Enzo for no apparent reason. And that was awesome, too. Well, and why not? Yeah. Yeah, because fuck that guy. <laughs> Three Ps, man. I like it. This is kicking me off in a positive mood. I feel happy now. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into then the mother loving news. This is where we pick the four hottest news topics of the week and kind of go a little <laughs> long form on them. Yeah. You know, there are four news topics. Uh, there you go. 
and we'll kick those off. Uh, I guess I will start them off first. And no headline on this one. Obviously, Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away this week. Uh, organ failure due to his long-term battle with throat cancer. Um, we've yeah. we, we've mentioned it numerous times what he meant to us, obviously. Yeah, definitely sad, definitely um, heartbreaking, but, uh, you know, he did definitely make an impact on the wrestling business. Uh, if you think about it, the greatest heel in the 1980s was Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yeah. If you're going to say that Hulk Hogan was the best baby face, right? And I know you could make the argument for Ric Flair, but Ric Flair went back and forth, you know, numerous times as baby face and heel in, in the NWA. Bobby the Brain though, was the greatest foil for Hulk Hogan. Oh, Everyone yeah. he threw at him, right? Yeah. It was King Kong Bundy. It was uh, Andre the Giant. Then it was, you know, numerous other Haku. All yeah. of these guys just Absolutely. person after person. Absolutely. The Hogan-Andre thing, which I think is one of the kind of major tipping points for both of our fandoms of Hulk Hogan and, mm -hmm. you know, what he meant. Uh that is nowhere near as uh, just entertaining or intriguing without Bobby the Brain Heenan there. Well, the story's not told as well because obviously because of his language barrier, Andre the Giant can't cut the greatest promo of right. all time. So you have to have a talking piece and no one was better than Bobby the Brain Heenan for that in that role. So not only did he play a great role in that specific feud, but even think about when Hogan wasn't taking on one of Heenan family members, Heenan was still doing the commentary and just prying at Hogan from the, uh, announcer's booth. Yeah. So it was always Hogan getting cut down by Bobby, the brain Heenan throughout the eighties, even in the nineties. You know, I, um, I think one of the things that sucks the most about all of this is one of the greatest voices in pro wrestling history and future uh had such this long battle with throat cancer where i mean he could barely even he couldn't even speak at the end you know yeah. so that, that is, sucks that is very sad and that's not what i remember though i mean i remember bobby the brain heen in, in all his glory from that time frame and just that's how i patterned my sarcastic nature and how i bust balls with people like we talked about this uh i find friends at work strictly to just give them shit right like walk by and be like well you're clearly a fucking prick right like just <laughs> find ways to talk shit right and uh you know i do it a little more eloquently than that uh but it's you know like that comes from that bobby the brain heenan style of just you know what i mean just oh. showmanship Everything as far as the smart ass chicken shit heel comes from Bobby the Brain Heenan, in my opinion. Now, obviously, it was done beforehand by other guys and it was done well as far as a wrestler, but that manager chicken shit, he's the best, right? I mean, everyone copies him. Paul Heyman copies him. Corey oh, yeah. Graves copies him in the announcer's booth. Jim Everyone uh, from managerial side yeah. was copying him as well. You go to any independent show, and if there's a heel manager, their biggest influence is Bobby the Brain Heenan. That's yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, it has to and be. And so, yeah, his, yep. his impact is going to be long-lasting, probably after our lives are done, assuming pro wrestling is still in its current form. And... Yeah, he, he is definitely one of the biggest impact uh, performers to ever be 
in pro wrestling. And it's uh, sad that we have lost them, but you know, with the uh, great uh, WWE Network, you can relive all of those amazing moments in WCW and WWE. All right, we will move on. So they're doing the four horsewomen thing, aren't they? Yeah, there's some horses. The WWE Man Classic is finally horses. Horses. Oh, not. I thought you said something else. Right. Hey, you know, say well, whatever you want. You I have mean, to. You, you have know? to. Yeah, you got to fight. You have em. to sleep with whatever you say. You got to fight him. All right. So anyway, sorry yeah, to interrupt. I fight Thirty-two right. fifth graders. All right. <laughs> Uh, the May Young Classic is finally behind us, and now we get to see who is signed and who is not. And one of the first signees is Shayna Baszler. She is mm. officially signed with the WWE, so obviously she was a finalist in the May Young Classic. She did really well, in my opinion. Got to see, I think, the final match and then her second match, I think it was. Okay. And... Uh, she looked good in both matches, but I think this is all going to the four horsewomen versus the four horsewomen. It absolutely yeah. is. Yeah. And I'm not looking forward to that at all. But Shayna Baszler aside here, what her specifically, T Mac, you've seen her career in the MMA world. Do you think she has the other skills required aside from a, you know, athletic Oh, yeah. Oh, man. First off, for anyone not familiar with Shanna Baszler, she is one of the pioneers in women's mixed martial arts, like the hoist Gracie almost of women's MMA. Like she is that important to women's fighting. Okay. That aside, she is captivating and very entertaining. She used to come out with a, 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 electric guitar that was shaped in in the in an ace form like the the card you know the the playing deck card and she would play it as she would walk to the ring and yeah she was so entertained she understood a gimmick she understood how to cut a promo after she won she understood how to cut a promo when she lost and yeah i think as far as letting her be herself she'll be fine perfect okay well i'm excited otherwise then i mean now the other three I don't fucking know, because Ronda Rousey seems like she gets nervous when she thinks about a sentence. Jessamyn Duke, I don't even know if she knows how to spell sentence. And then that other one, exactly. All right, well, (laughs) we'll leave it at that. I don't have a headline for this one either, just because it's it's so good, right? It's so, like, just good-hearted even. Sami Zayn has set up a mobile clinic in Syria to help victims of the ongoing war. Zayn raised the money using a social media crowd-funded campaign. He matched the donations, which equaled $67,000. The clinic will have a full medical staff, including a doctor, a nurse, a midwife, a psychologist, and more amenities to help the victims. Sami Zayn! Good guy, Sami Zayn! Not only is he my favorite pro wrestler, uh, he's starting to become my favorite human. Yeah, just like favorite guy. Like, I don't know his real name off the top of my head, but whatever his real Generico. name is, I'm a fan of that guy. His real name is El Generico. El Generico. I'm That's a real like fan of El Generico. birth name. His first name is El, last name Generico. Birth name on his birth certificate. Hashtag Makes true sense. fact. I heard El Generico is missing. Hashtag true fact. Well, yeah, because he's Sami Zayn, and he's working in Syria. Ah. Stay. But pay attention. Anyhow. All right. Anyhow, Sami Zayn. First yeah. off, he is my favorite pro wrestler. Him mm-hmm. and then Seth Rollins. One, two right there. 
uh, as far as just watching any of their matches. But God dang, what a great human to match the funding that he is getting from that crowd source funding or however you're you're phrasing it. Um, to match that and then to actually like it's one thing to say like hey i'm raising money and then oh great you raised money right whatever that right. amount is and then we don't know but he actually provided like pictures he's like see this mobile clinic mm-hmm. there it is you wanted me to take another picture from a different angle there it is it's like that is amazing not to say that we need that to like prove what he was doing but it helps with the uh, I gave $10. I gave $100. I gave whatever it is. And there it is. It's right there. And so I think that's even uh, better for uh, proving your goodwill. And I just thought it was great. It was amazing. I'm so happy for it. And it's a great cause. Good dude, Sammy Zane. Good dude. So they're going to do Sting versus Ric Flair, right? Starcade. Starcade. One of the most historic names in wrestling is set to make a grand return this November as it has emerged that WWE, excuse me, WWE Uh is set to revive Starcade. I like this. The Starcade brand, an event over Thanksgiving weekend. Now, don't get excited. Mm. Captain, were you excited? I was excited. Stop it. Why? Why? Don't get excited. I'm still excited. I'm still smiling. Well, here I got it right here. Brown. Okay. It's just a SmackDown house show. What? North Carolina's Greensboro, Greensboro Coliseum let the news slip today, revealing WWE Starcade as the name for an event due to take place on November 25th. That is horseshit. That's so WWE still trying to like wipe their ass with WCW. <laughs> Along with the title, the venue also posted a working card pitting Jinder Mahal against Nakamura in a cage match, as well as an advertised appearance from Ricky Steamboat and the Rock and Roll Express. Where is this house show? It's it's in Charlotte. Right. So Hardy Boys, but then also Rock and Roll Express and Ricky Steamboat. But, But, I mean, what? So put it on the network, you assholes. Yeah, just like they did that Madison Square Garden yeah, roadblock show right. or like the Beast in the Far East thing. Right. Just do this like that. Just a bare bones. We want to see Starcade. Yeah, what is up with that, assholes? That sounds uh, amazing. I, think, I, I don't I think live with there. Public I pressure, it will be. I don't live there, man. Yeah. I, I think with City. public pressure, it will be on some type of I hope so. television. I hope so. T Mac, we had a lot of news. You had three things to keep us positive. We talked about our weeks, uh, but we've got all that and more to come because we've got Tweet the Table coming up next. And after Tweet the Table, we have an interview with Brian Shields, author of Second Nature, The Legacy of Ric Flair and the Rise of Charlotte. Good friend of the show, Brian Shields. I'm excited for that. What about you? I'm ecstatic. (laughs) You're ecstatic. All right, we are going to take a break, though. Tweet the Table is next. That's where you Listen to me right now. Get to tell us what to talk about in the most fun and interactive segment in wrestling radio. When we return to the Spanish Announce Table, SpanishAnnounceTable.net, and The Rock only beat Stone Cold Steve Austin once in a singles match on TV, and that was at WrestleMania 19. Training Topics Network. Deckham. The legendary Stu Hart 
who last wrestled here in the Boston Garden in 1945. Oh, you're wrong about that. 1845. He was at the tail end of his career. He will actually physically, Bobby Heenan, work the corner. He is the official corner man in this matchup. He could, he's the kind of a guy who would look for a corner in a round room. Hey, how much does this sound like Saved by the Bell? Right? Sounds like Zuba pants and fanny packs. Yes, it does. Sounds like uh, long, faded haircuts and arm tassels. Sounds like uh, Pepsi Clear and uh, Game Boys. <laughs> T-Mac at a tweet the table the most fun and interactive segment in wrestling radio bar none easy it's not even a question it's where you get to tell us what to talk about by using Twitter I know you're already using Twitter you're ignoring your friends and family staring Duh. at your phone use hashtag uh -huh. tweet the table while you're on it and we're going to read Please? the best of them right here you're any and every wrestling thought at Theo75 says I am looking forward to seeing Roman Reigns beat up John Cena at No Mercy. Hashtag tweet the table. Mm, are you? Are you? I Like, we? yes, it's like, hey, somebody's going to beat up John Cena. And then we're like, oh, it's, it's Roman. Yeah, it's Roman Reigns. I think this is going to be the first time that he gets, uh, John Cena, that is, John Cena gets more cheers than his opponent in I, like 10 years i think you're right at mr fourth row says Strowman says he doesn't have to tell us how confident he is but he does it anyways hashtag tweet the table that's because he's confident Mm-hmm. because he confident it's easy i loved that whole split screen back and forth though that was fun yeah it was great it was simple it was effective everyone did their part i thought yeah i thought it was spectacular yes at b underscore double underscore says so smackdown live attendance has plummeted can we please end the gender mabals experiment hashtag tweet the table and at living legend 148 says don't know who was responsible but for the second week in a row, Jinder Mahal's promos have been hard to watch. Hashtag drizzling. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, it's over, right? I think so. It never went because anywhere beyond, look at me, I'm brown. Well, it never, yeah, it never went anything beyond uh, safe, predictable. Right. Right. Like, uninspired storytelling yes right he just kept saying the same thing over and over again is what i meant not like yeah i, I didn't maybe that sounded racist of me but not like he was just like well i'm any but it just never went beyond anything We're like cool we heard you the first time well and even on top of that it was basically the seth rollins storyline where seth rollins got jane J security he gets the Singh brothers and every victory the Singh brothers or J and J security yep. helped to get the victory. Now yep. Seth Rollins did a little bit more on his own than Jinder Mahal has, but it's still the same rinse yeah. and repeat with. So this means one of the Singh brothers is going to get stabbed outside of his trailer home. Obviously. Right. Yeah. At bartender. They know what they're signing up for. Right. At bartender underscore all WC says Kevin Owens 
needs to go see wardrobe persons or see a wardrobe person before he gets on camera in a shirt the next time. Hashtag tweet table. Shirt and tie. Excuse me. Yeah. I mean, uh, it looked yeah. like he got dressed at JCPenney. Yeah, but in that again, is that by design? I mean, he's the heel, right? We're supposed to not like this guy. But if you're going to be dressed to the nines, dressed to the nines. Don't no, but dress I think, to the sixes. Don't you dislike the guy who's like, I'm dressed into the nines. It shows up looking like shit. You, you respect the guy who you don't like, but he shows up, man, that motherfucker looks crisp. Right? You're like, all right, cool. Yeah. Well, right? and, and, and working against him is he has a horrible if, body. If you so. had a boss who you didn't like and you thought they were shit and they tried to throw you under the bus all the time and you're going to show up to like the company Christmas party uh, and he shows up looking sharp, fresh, you think one thing. But if he shows up looking like an absolute slob and then is still putting you down, right? It's worse. No. 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 Yep. At Chris Mercado 23 says, glad we could agree. At Chris Mercado 23 says, is Emma still in the match or was she just Bailey's placeholder? Hashtag tweet the table. That'd be funny if they just didn't mention Emma again. <laughs> yeah. Just, oh, she's gone. Like, oh no, Bailey's back. Don't you guys remember? Well, what a weird return. Yeah. Because it was like, she's back. But uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe. At WIRCATA says, wake me up when Miz is world champion again. Hashtag tweet the table. Is it time? Yes, but not now. <laughs> I mean, do you think Miz it's is taking totally out It's totally time. Braun not right now. Do what? I mean, do you think Miz is taking out Braun Strowman? Yeah, no, I think you got to send him to SmackDown. Yeah, now if you send him to SmackDown and, and like a – a good fu to Daniel Bryan wins the title, like yep. as a mystery opponent for the babyface Nakamura. Like mm-hmm. if Nakamura, let's say Nakamura beats Jinder Mahal, then he gets through his f- first program with Baron Corbin, right? Right. And after that, J- uh, Nakamura says, "I want the best challenge available," and then Daniel Bryan says, "Well, we've required." or we've acquired a talent from Raw, but I don't know who this is, and so I can't tell you who you're facing, but you're going to be facing this mystery talent in the main event for the championship. And then The Miz comes out and then wins the yeah. title. Like, that I would, would be, be cool. I would be a lot more fluid with the brand flopping, right? I would be making deals like, oh, we made a trade. It doesn't got to be this every year draft. Fuck that. That's way too long. If somebody's hot, and like you said, the Miz is fucking firing on all cylinders, but you've got Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman right now. He's not credible in that regard, but you've got Jinder Mahal and fucking Shinsuke over here, right? Like he absolutely is. So you make some weird trade, you send somebody over, and and it's easy done, right? It just doesn't have to be this, well, it's time to shake things up a bit, like Fucking right. make it happen. I would trade Miz for Randy Orton. And then I put Randy Orton with Samoa Joe. And right there, that'd be fun. Perfect. And then you have Miz as champion and Nakamura chasing him. Samoa Joe and Randy Orton trying to kill each other. Yeah. It'd be amazing. At Katie First Lady says if Heenan was a broadcast journalist now, oh, the things he would say. Damn, this one hurts. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah. Oh, God. What, what are you saying about Trump? Oh. It would oh, just be wait, insane. If anyone wants a great compilation of his greatest insults, watch Survivor Series 1993 and the takedown he does on the Hart family. It is gold, <laughs> platinum, 
double platinum, whatever the highest honor I can give in that regard, he did it. Survivor it Series 93. Best. Yeah, it's the best. It was the Hart family versus Shawn Michaels and the Knights. Okay. And there was just so many great one-liners. One one-liner that I loved is he goes, you know, before the match, I asked Bruce, I go, hey, are you uh, proud of your boys? And Bruce looked back at me and says, I have boys? <laughs> <laughs> at metaboard 2 says last three weeks of, wa- of raw put real life fire into enzo versus miz and john cena versus roman reigns are bischoff and russo writing hashtag tweet the table mm. maybe hey a- another good one that i just thought of from that survivor <laughs> series yeah. is uh, bobby the brain said about the mother's name was martha right yes martha he says right uh, i think so he said no that was Martha. that was owens it was Stu and was it ellen helen whatever her name is helen let's say it's helen i think uh, it is he helen. says um, helen okay hold on let me phrase it correctly he said you can store not uh he said you can store eight days of rain with as many wrinkles as she has on her face <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love the one when he was doing that like talk show and he asked the guy oh, primetime wrestling right and he asked the guy well he's doing that yeah right and so he's doing that like almost like a Dave Letterman style talk show right and he's asking some guys like how long have you been married and the guy goes 22 years he goes well you know if you would have just killed her on your on your wedding day you'd have been out by now at <laughs> <laughs> lady undertaker says Corbin is one big pain in the ass. Hate that guy. Hashtag tweet the table. That's why I like him. Right. Because, yeah, you, there's no redeeming quality to him. Yeah, he's just a jerk, but you're I like, like at, it. You're like, look at his face on his stomach, and he's got a receding hairline, and you just fucking don't like him. <laughs> yeah. fucking, he's great. He's got a punchable face. Yeah. And his cadence is very annoying. Like it's it's too long to where you almost stop paying attention, but then it's not long enough to where you can't stop paying attention. Right. So it's like he's so droning. You're like, am I listening to this guy? Have I missed a birthday? What the fuck is going right. on while this guy's on my TV? Now again, making that 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 um, stance here is that we're talking about Baron Corbin, the uh, the character, right? I don't know what his real name is, but. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's a fine guy. Guy well, was totally amazing when I, you know, I met him at a Metro Pro show. He was super nice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this I mean, character just comes off as just like, ugh. Which is great because that's right. how it should come off. That's what I'm saying. Right. I'm giving him a compliment. Absolutely, it's, it's annoying to where I don't want to cheer the bad guy. Right. Uh, but him as himself, I will say he went to Northwest Missouri State, so he's kind of a douchebag. Kind of a douchebag. Huh? You know, not that Central Missouri or whatever you call it, huh? Not the University of Central Missouri. Right. And he went to the North Northwest Missouri State. Yeah. Well, you guys, you know, maybe if you worked hard enough, you could have made it up to the University of Missouri, Kansas City. But, you know, who knows? At Stouffer 96. What have they won? What have they won? At Stouffer 9779 says, at Impact Wrestling at Pop TV, I think they're moving towards a GFW versus AAA feud. Hashtag tweet the table. Well, probably not now. Not now because GFW ain't gone. Bye. Probably Home run not hit. Now. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Fucking things up since 
what, <laughs> 1992. All right, at GBL316. Fucking things up since J-A-A-R-E-T. All right, not Actually, A's. and you know what? They uh, tried to play on GFW television an old clip of Bobby Roode and say that he was a NXT champion. They tried to play a two-year-old clip and act as if it was happening today. Oh, Jesus. At the commentator. G- love it. At GBL316 says, the best part of tonight's Raw was the reunion of the Mega Powers 2.0. Hashtag tweet the table. Who said that? GBL. Never heard of her. At Mr. Fourth Row says, daddy issues to start out Raw. Well, um, okay, that sounds wrong. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, daddy issues starting out raw. That does not sound good. At the Iceman Forever says, I think Naya would make a great women's champion. Hashtag tweet the table. Great? I think you're saying average wrong. I think, yeah. (laughs) It's easy to confuse those two. At Chris Mercado 23 says, poor Alex Riley. He can't even speak for himself. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, they were just shitting on Alex Riley. As they should. Have you seen them? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That guy probably gets shit like on a him. lot. Yeah. Uh, he still had the best line. I love that when he was, when the Bellas were hanging out with Daniel Bryan. He's like, what are you doing talking to this nerd? And then just like pointed right in his face. I love that. I love that line. I'll never, Alex Riley will always hold a special place in my heart for that reason. He called Daniel Bryan a nerd on national television one time. At the Ultimate One says, (laughs) (laughs) Not not hard to get into Captain Awesome's heart, apparently. (laughs) Do one thing. Hey, man, you know, like I can respect that. At the Ultimate One says, (laughs) You, sir, I can respect you. At the Ultimate One says, So Bailey has been added to the Fatal Four Way, making it a Fatal Five Way? And this fucking better go somewhere. Hashtag tweet the table. He well, thinks it's going to go somewhere. The only way it could go that everyone would be happy is if they actually did the fatal in the fatal five-way. <laughs> Yikes. At Kenny first. Lady. Says, to me, you cannot have the return of Starcade and not have it in network special. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, what is up with that? If I can quote dumb. Hurricane Helms. Just dumb. God. It's like they were floating out the idea. Hey, would you guys like to see a Starcade? Oh, we were just kidding. A memo that got sent saying, "Hey, would you guys, the venue, would uh-huh. you, the venue, be okay if we did an event called Starcade and not just a, you know, typical house show of SmackDown?" And they probably agreed and were like, "Yeah, let's go, let's do it." And then they put it out, and WWE's like, "Wait a minute, assholes, we weren't really ready." <laughs> It's probably that. Right, yeah, exactly. Damn it, now we got to do this thing. At yeah. Devil Vamp says, anyone else want to see Big Show just destroy Brock and Strowman? Hashtag tweet the table. I do. You do? Who? You? You do? Say that again. He says, anyone else want to see Big Show just destroy Brock and Strowman? No. No. <laughs> do not want to see that. No. No. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants to see that. I think your question is no. Does anyone else yeah, want to see no. that? No. I don't even think Big Show wants to see that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Devil Vamp, run into a wall. <laughs> oh, my gosh. At the Iceman Forever says, Dustin Rhodes dropping the gold dust gimmick. Hmm, makes you wonder. Hashtag tweet the table. I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was a great wrinkle to add into this storyline that was a uh, bigger than him and make him relevant i thought it was perfect loved it. i do too because look i saw him 
do that photo with Finn Balor that he had that was going around social media or something. I was like, man, this guy is in amazing shape for his age. It's hidden behind that damn gold dust outfit he's wearing. And can we not, like, the guy's been in this uh, business for, what, 30 years now as an in-ring performer? Can we not get him a serious fucking gimmick that actually works, right? I know we've tried Mm -hmm. it and it didn't work, but for fuck's sake. Get him something decent to see. <laughs> anyway, I mean, and Gold Dust was great on its initial run, obviously. I mean, that was great for what it is, but everything else has always been this kind of like tongue in cheek, like, ah, look at fucking Gold Dust. Right. Remember it's Gold ha, Dust? Ha, ha, ha. Let's be the opening <laughs> match. Remember Gold Dust? <laughs> Remember he had tits? At Katie First. Lady. Says, well, you can't say Asuka doesn't stand out. Hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, like the. Uh... Like the fun little uh, Asian shops you walk by at a mall. At woof, at Chris Mercado. She's 23. dressed just like one. I'm not saying anything about her ethnicity. I'm talking uh, about right her now. gimmick. It's yeah, just she... little weird faces with paint, and uh, she does nothing. She's ah, uh, she's so lame. She's worse than Natty. I don't know. For whatever reason, I'm just like, yeah, I like Oscar. Why? I don't know why. I'm just kind of like, yeah. Understand your feelings. Well, you know, teams of psychiatrists and social workers have been trying to do that for decades, T-Mac. I'm not going to figure this out in the course of this episode. At Chris Mercado 23 says, God bless DVR. I'm just completely giving up on Dolph Ziggler these days and fast-forwarding through his pointless segments. Hashtag tweet the table. So is the crowd. They were just chanting CM Punk the entire time. It's almost like they were chanting fast-forward. Can we? Yeah, man, let's start that chant. Yeah. Right. Fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forward. All right. That was fun. Tweet. That the would two. be hilarious if a right? crowd did that and then like you did it. <laughs> you just knew to fast forward, right? I'm like, oh, awesome. great. Because I was busy staring at Facebook. I forgot the show was on. All right. <laughs> anyway. Hey, next segment. We're going to talk to Brian Shields. Wrote another great ass book. You got to stick this to the This is a break. great ass interview, too. It is. He's awesome. Even outside the stories he tells about Ric Flair and Charlotte, he's cool also, and he's got some great insight into just writing books about this stuff. It's great. Stick through the break. it's pretty amazing. This is one of our better interviews, and we say that a lot, but we definitely mean it this time. It's just because we get better every time. You ain't lying. 60% of the time, we get better every time. Stay with us through the break for Brian Shields when we return to the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and... Bret Hart is the only man ever to win consecutive King of the Ring crowns. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com uh, Robert, let me ask you, The Undertaker and Paul Bearer seem to perform certain services, if you would. Well, yes, they do, and but you know, I would uh, handle my services for the dinner departed in a much different manner. Can I, can I ask something? You want to leave the room? No, what? I want to ask the Reverend. Well, look, feel free. Go right. Have here, you Bob. performed uh, many services for oh, the dearly departed? On many occasions. Many. How hard is it to get the gold out of the teeth? <laughs> <You stop. laughs> Just ask a question. Let's take you, you to action.
you, Ric Flair over there, T-Mac. Woo! Woo! I want you to do it because if you screw up a Ric Flair, it comes off really bad, right? You you look pretty bad, so I wanted you to get that out of the way so I had a little more confidence. Uh, well, I wouldn't know what screwing up a Ric Flair is like, so oh, you're welcome. Would you You're not? welcome. Okay, all right. T-Mac coming in hot. Hey, I am excited about this. Speaking of Ric Flair, obviously we've talked about this earlier in the show, but we've got a gentleman on the line with us who we've talked to before, but it has been almost three years since we last talked to him, uh, but he is of the literary arts. He's an author uh, to the stars, multiple even, as we've talked about, with this latest book that's come out, Second Nature, The Legacy of Ric Flair and the Rise of Charlotte. Obviously huge in the news with the with the poor health of Ric Flair, uh, momentarily it seems, thankfully. Um, but uh, this book coming out recently here that just chronicles – it's an interesting book for me because it chronicles – Ric Flair, who we all know as the greatest of all time, arguably, and just, you know, all that encompasses that. And then there's this second generation, second nature, if you will, with his daughter, Charlotte. So to me, it's just it's unique in that way. We've got Brian Shields, the author of that, one of the authors, technically, if you've got Ric Flair and Charlotte uh, credited as the author also. Am I correct in that? You there with us, Brian? Absolutely, guys. Hi, how are you? It is Great to be back on, and, and I, it definitely doesn't feel like it's been three years, um, but, you know, that that's what you get when you have great conversation. It doesn't seem like that long. So uh, thank you. It's, it's great to be back. And this time, it came out September 19th. It's in stores now. The dual memoir of Rick and Charlotte Flair's Second Nature is available wherever books are sold. Well, let's get right into that. This is a double memoir, and so as an author, I find that would be challenging. So kind of talk to us a little bit about what that process was like to basically establish rapport with two different individuals, but yet they're connected because it's father and daughter. Right. So, you know, there aren't – in general, there aren't a lot of dual memoirs, and the reason for that is because – it's dual. So you have the lives of two people who then eventually have to come together. So there's a great creative challenge in that, that as a writer, I found very exciting. And then, you know, when, when I, I met with Rick and Charlotte, it was just something that clicked right away. I mean, their, their biggest things that they said to me, and we worked on this the, almost two years was, you know, we, we want the story to be true. We, we want this to be our lives, good and bad highs and lows. And, and we, we want to share our life with the fans and, you know, the world people who, who want to, learn about a father daughter relationship and their lives together. So, you know, it, it um, was just something that for me, that's a huge gift again, as a writer to know that they just wanted the best possible written book, but they wanted just everything to be factual, everything to be true. And, you know, your, your audience will and wrestling fans will see that, I mean, there's nothing that they hold back here. 
Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just it's just been an incredible time and the best time of my career being able to work with Rick and Charlotte Flair. Well, what was the scheduling like then? Because I imagine uh, I've never written a memoir before, but I imagine when you're working with the subject, it's you and that subject. But with now two people, did you have to meet with each person individually or did you meet with both of them at the same time? So it was most of the time it was individually uh, several meetings in person, countless conversations over the phone, uh, texts to, you know, get quick clarification on a couple of things or, um, or things like that. So it was really, you know, all of the above in terms of meeting with them, speaking with them, working with them. I mean, guys, you know, you guys know this because you, you cover the business and we're all fans. So, you know, there's no off season in wrestling. And, you know, Rick talks about that in the book uh, as it pertained to his career and his lifestyle. But, you know, I mean, that also means you're working on the product, you know, uh, year round. So, you know, and and even the time, if you look at like last May, um, May of 2016, I think it was, um, you know, when he started to not be on TV full time, I mean, he still has a incredibly demanding appearance. I mean, not right now because he's recovering, but I, I mean, Rick is on the road over 300 days a year. I mean, between professional sports teams, Fortune 500 companies, comic cons, meet and greet events. I mean, he's on the road like he's still on the air performing every week. So, you know, both he and Charlotte were always very busy, but I have to say, I mean, you know, I wouldn't have known it. I mean, they, they, they were the ones scheduling calls with me. Um, they, the time that they gave for this project, I just couldn't believe it. And it, and it shows in the end result. I mean, second nature is, something that I'm very proud to be part of. I've never been more proud uh, to be part of anything professionally in in my career. I mean, that's the dedication that Rick and Charlotte showed for the project from the beginning. That's, they they are certainly professionals. You know, you, Brian, it seems to me one of the challenges here in a bio piece like this is getting these people to open up, like you said, almost that you have to become one of their confidants, almost friends, because you have to start texting and calling and meeting. And now you have two of them. Had you already met with Ric Flair before? Because, you know, we covered you here with the 30 years of WrestleMania and some other WWE stuff. Uh, Had you met Charlotte before? What's the challenges in that? Like how much time do you spend trying to just build a rapport? Well, that's a great question. Um, I've ne- I never met Rick or Charlotte before the project. Oh, wow. And, you know, one of the things, and this is something that, one of the many things that is so special about both of them as people is when you meet them, you feel like you know them. I mean, you they are so kind and generous and 
just so easy to speak with that right away you feel like like you know them and you, they just make you feel very comfortable. So thankfully for me, it did not take a long time to build what I felt it didn't take a long time to build a rapport. And I think that's because right away we, and no pun intended, but we were on the same page from the beginning as far as what the, what the book needed to be, uh, what, what were the different things that were going to be said. Um, and we just flowed from there. I mean, it was something that just really came naturally and, Again, guys, I mean, as a as a writer, the things I'm talking about here are gifts. I mean, it it normally takes a very long time. I mean, it could be months, and there are no guarantees that you could build a rapport with someone. Um, but, you know, this is just a testament to who Rick and Charlotte Flair are as, as people. I mean, for me to to feel so comfortable from the beginning – was just great. I mean, we just, we started work right away. It was awesome. Well, one uh, challenge I would think for you as a wrestling fan, and then now you're working with them as an author is your experiences getting these stories. So what was it like when, for example, I read your NPR uh, article about the book and it spoke about, um, uh, the death uh, of Ric Flair's son. So um, yes. what was it like though for you to experience that story? I mean, did that affect your writing? Cause you grew up, you know, we talked to, we talked with you about the WrestleMania for 30 book. So we know you're a wrestling fan. So uh, how did that affect you writing when you're experiencing all of these amazing stories from an icon in Ric Flair and then, you know, Charlotte who is, you know, the best women's wrestler in the world right now. Well, that, that's the thing is, is that it, um, I, you know, it affected me in a lot of different ways because I'm, you know, one of three children. I'm the, the oldest of, of three siblings. And, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, and I have a, a young child at home myself. So, you know, knowing and learning how close Rick is with his children and then learning how close Charlotte and Reed were as siblings and best friends. I, I mean, they could be twin. you know, they could have been twins. I mean, they, um, so it, it affected me in, in many ways. Um, and those were definitely some difficult, conversations and and those were you know difficult things to go to go through in terms of the project because it's not like there's just one chapter that speaks about read and that's it um you know their readers will learn throughout the book about how wonderful of a person he was how great of an athlete he was um, how loyal he was to his friends, how he always dreamed about being like his dad and, and being a, a professional wrestler. So you learn about him throughout the book. So 
you know, the, that was something that, that really was, um, you know, the, there were some tough, tough times, you know, in terms of just having a conversation and, um, you know, and then Rick shares, and I, I don't want to give too much away. I mean, Rick shares intimate details about, you know, his last two marriages, um, you know, some, um, some financial difficulty, uh, that, that he got himself out of, um, you know, I mean, even just the, the emotional pain that he went through in coming to grips with his retirement. Um, I mean, the book celebrates the legacy of his career. So there's history interwoven throughout the book, but the story starts with him looking back on his career uh, coming into Dallas for WrestleMania 32. And um, it starts when he's told on Raw that, you know, the next match he loses, it's the end of his career. And with Charlotte, it's we pick up from really the, the beginning of her life from childhood. So it's just an incredible... It's an incredible story of two people. That is a unique starting point with Ric Flair because, I mean, obviously Ric Flair gets talked about a lot uh, and his career, his lifestyle gets mentioned in there, but a starting point from that, hey, this is now ending, is, I feel, a unique feel. But you as an author are challenged to get some of that out of him. Now, obviously, you said they're very open and willing to share and wanted to make a point of this, but... How do you approach something like that when you know, okay, I'm going to have to ask a question that's, here's a guy I've watched for decades being a fan, and now I'm mm-hmm. going to make this gentleman cry in front of me? Well, you know, I, I think first off, the, the most important thing you have to remember is, yes, Rick is the greatest of all time. Uh, yes, you know, Charlotte is a, one of the top names in the game today in the world, anywhere, male or female, WWE or, or any other promotion, but there's, they're people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think like anyone else, uh, in speaking with anyone else, you have to remember that, um, you know, just that, that you always have to be respectful and, and make sure that, you know, that, that things are, are done with, with the utmost respect and, and uh, homage to not only their careers, but their lives. So, um, you know, and, and even with the, the really personal things, like, you know, just to jump over to Charlotte's side a little bit, you know, there are some very painful details that, uh, that, that the readers will learn uh, dealing with her parents' divorce. Um, she also shares some... Um, just so, some chilling details um, about being a, a survivor of, of domestic violence and, and um, getting out of, of, of that, that harmful relationship. Um, so, you know, I mean, it was just something that as a group, it was like the three of us at certain points were a team where, you know, you just would, would get, you know, get through those sections and uh, they were difficult, but we knew that, 
getting through them, we were going to be um, we were going to be better for it. And and again, that's that's what they wanted. Their, their biggest thing was that that second nature would be their real life story on the written page. Well, let's get now a little bit into the lighthearted part of, you know, this process. Ric Flair, from all accounts, has been known from a time or two to embellish a story. You know, it wasn't just 10 beers. It might have been 30 beers, something like that. You know, other wrestlers have kind of given him uh, some some grief over that from time to time. So was there any time throughout this book where Charlotte had to check Rick and say, actually, Dad, you know, it wasn't this, it was this, or vice versa? Was there any times when Rick, because he has such an amazing memory, had to check Charlotte and be like, hey, I love you, but you're wrong on this. Like, was there any fun kind of ribbing and stuff like that uh, throughout this process? No, no. I mean, and they have such a an incredible relationship that even when you, because we did meet together, the three of us, a few times, I mean, they just have uh, such a great, a great bond that you, you see it right away and they, I mean, it's it's father, daughter, and 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 best friend. So, um, no, none of that, none of that really came um, came through. I mean, there are some. I mean, guys, I have to say, there are some funny, funny stories in there. Um, I mean, you know, whether it's um, you know Rick getting hazed by Dusty Rhodes and Dick Murdoch in the 1970s in Japan. Um, Surviving the plane crash and um, telling the, uh, the the EMT worker to make sure that a a note um, that he wrote to a a girl uh, wasn't found by his wife. I mean, even as a kid, guys, this was hysterical when he told me this. That as a kid, uh, he used to go down to Florida for spring break with a friend, and one year he uh, wasn't able to go. Um, so he decided to change his fortune and hitchhike from Minnesota all the way down to to Florida for spring break. Um, and, you know, for, for Charlotte as well, I mean, there are just there are funny stories um, in the book. And again, I'm, I'm trying to answer your questions, but not give away too much. Oh, of course. Um, sure. Yeah, of course. And, and, I think that's, and I think that's one of the reasons why. Um, you know, in, in the early days here that the book is available, I'm so thankful that people are enjoying it so much. And I think because they they see that it's very honest and that it's real and that and that there are things in there that are very sad, but there are also some things in there that are absolutely hysterical. So how did this all come about again? Did, did... I, you've obviously done work with WWE and been in this kind of industry writing books, but did you guys on your end craft this idea or did somebody come to you saying, Hey, we've got an amazing idea for a book with, with father daughter. How did that shake out? So, uh, Rick and his management at the time and, um, they were working with, WWE on a book idea. Charlotte was part of that. And WWE asked me 
to come up if I could come up with a a dual biography or memoir concept mm. based on a story for the two of them. So and how- in late 2015, I I sat down and um, and spoke to them about it, and we went through it, and thankfully they. Um, they really liked it. And it was like, we just started almost right away brainstorming, you know, different things. And, uh, before I knew it in early 2016, uh, we were, you know, we, we were up and running like, 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 I mean, up and running, like almost every week doing something in some way for the book. So, um, you know, the work started before that, but, you know, really getting going. And, um, mm-hmm. cause you know, cause one of the other things, the creative challenge that was exciting for me is that Rick and Charlotte are similar in some ways, but they're also very different and they are unique people with unique voices. So I had to make sure that everything that they were sharing with me was, was staying and maintaining in their proper voice and that I wasn't, you know, going off on, you know, tangents or, or that I was not, you know, capturing the essence of, of who they are. I mean, if you read the pages of second nature, it is Ric Flair. It is Charlotte Flair. So how did you then you, they asked you, Hey, we've got an idea for a dual bio. We kind of talked about this before we started recording. That's not typically done. What did you use any resources to kind of come up with an idea or did you draw some influence somewhere? Or did you just start saying, Hey, how would I do this? I really just thought of, well, well, Hey, how do I do this? Because, you know, how, how would I want to see this? Because, you know, guys, one of the things we, we've talked about this uh, on the air and, and off the air over the years is, you know, I grew up a fan. So for me, I approach every project with the enthusiasm of a fan, you know, while still being professional and, and making sure that things get done properly, uh, especially, you know, again, it's an official WWE project. But for me, I just thought, okay, what what would be the 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 most exciting way to do this while it still makes sense. And here's another part that is easy for readers to follow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so there are, so the second nature is broken into parts. So, um, you know, Rick's part is first and, and then you meet Charlotte as a little girl and then there's a certain point where Rick com- and then through Charlotte's life, Rick is commenting on certain things. She's commenting on certain things that he talked about in his previous chapters. And then there's a point where they do come together. And what people will, will learn when they read Second Nature is that that's really how it happened. I mean, they also talk about periods where their relationship was strained. So that there are so many things 
that makes Second Nature such a special book. And it all goes back to Rick and Charlotte having the vision for what the book needed to be. And, and I'm, I'm sorry to be redundant, but I, I can't say this enough. As a writer, that's such a gift because they could have easily said, okay, do A through E and then pick up, you know, F through Z and just tell, tell me what to do. And we were collaborating, you know, from day one. And, and I think that that shows in the, the uh, final quality of the book. Well, this is sounding like an amazing book and everything that I've read from the reviews and other people's accounts from Becky Lynch to even Charlotte herself, uh, this is a must-have book. But you also have another WWE project that you're involved with, and it's with WWE 2K. Could you tell us a little bit about that? I will. One thing I want to mention, I can't believe I forgot this. Um Natalia is also somebody that was interviewed in the book. Oh. So we talk about uh, Charlotte and Nat and Natalia's incredible NXT match right. mm-hmm. and, uh, and things that were going on uh, from uh, Natty's perspective as well, which is just amazing. Um, the other project, which I'm, I've been a part of now, this is the fifth year. Um, I'm fortunate enough to work with, WWE 2K and write the announcer dialogue for the 2K video game series, which I I have to tell you, I mean, is just an awesome experience that is coming out in October. um, And you you definitely have to check out uh, WWE games on Twitter and Instagram and check out the 2K website the gameplay trailer that was just released is unbelievable. Well, okay. So before we wrap it up and let you get all your plugs out, I'm sure we talked about this last time, but just, (laughs) just your own unique, you, you've mentioned it. You grew up a fan and you know, these names just how, just from your own personal view, how crazy is it? You're sitting here talking text and being best buds with Ric Flair and Charlotte. Oh, it's insanity. It's total insanity. I mean, I, one of the times I met with Rick was in a restaurant in Atlanta and, and we were there for, I mean, three and a half hours. We had a wonderful day, incredible meal. And, you know, I mean, I sat there and I said, you know, if you would have told me when I was a kid sitting on my mom's couch that I would one day be in this position, I mean, I wouldn't have believed you. Sure. Um, especially since for my ninth birthday, my mom asked me what I wanted. And I said that she, from, I grew up on Long Island. I told her she needed to take me to the Greensboro Coliseum <laughs> because Dusty Rhodes needed my help fighting the four horsemen. Well, he did. Did you help? Unfortunately, I couldn't get a flight out at that Man. time. Man. Um, You're the reason, you know. But <laughs> it was—I uh, mean, it was—it was surreal. I mean, yeah. and you know, and, and working with with Charlotte again. I mean, you know, you're talking about someone who, from a very early age, was an incredible athlete, 
Uh, she was doing gymnastics mm-hmm. a tier or two below um, a, what you see on the Olympics. You hear oh. from her coaches, cheerleading at a at a national and international level. She was a highly recruited NCAA Division One volley player, and then you know to to be able to be working with her at this at this time. I mean, I met her you know, just a handful of months or so. I'm sorry, it was even before WrestleMania, the the big WrestleMania match in Dallas. So, I mean, I couldn't believe it. And there's a part of me that still can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it does have to be surreal. So, okay, we've mentioned in it's wherever books are sold, but that, I mean, we mean it. it's wherever books are sold, right? If you can still go find a physical book store, go buy it there or you can go on amazon.com we have an affiliate link on spanish for that but brian what else how can people find you are you on the social media where, where can they get at you oh guys thank you for asking and thank you again for having me on your your audience can uh, follow me and, and check in with me at it's brian shields that's all one word i-t-s-b-r-i-a-n-s-h-i-e-l-d-s that's Twitter, that's Instagram. Last week, I just put up the Facebook author page. And, you know, guys, I talk all the time about current wrestling, old school wrestling, video games. Um, I mean, right now, obviously, things are very focused around the release of Second Nature. Um, but, you know, I, I mean, it's uh, it's just great talking to fans all the time about wrestling and uh, and my books. So, I just hope that everybody gets second nature and and that they love it as much as we loved working on it. It sounds like an amazing read. And, hey, uh, I know you spend a couple years on these projects, but let's not spend another three years talking to each other, right? (laughs) Hey, man, look, I I love talking to you guys. I I can't thank you enough for your support over the years. Um, You guys know how to get a hold of me. I'd love to come back on whenever you'd have me. All right, we'll do awesome. that, and, and we'll make sure everything's plugged up, and we'll and we'll see you next time. Man. Guys, thank you again so much. All right, thanks. All right, T-Mac, Brian Shields, Second Nature, The Legacy of Ric Flair, and The Rise of Charlotte. It sounds like an amazing piece. I haven't got my hands on it yet, but I'm more than excited. Yeah, I got his 30 Years of WrestleMania book when we talked to him last, and that was a lot of fun. It's more of a, a coffee table book, not a traditional flip of the page, you know, sure. story type of book. But it was still really amazing and really, really done well. Everything that I've read about this, and I'm not blowing smoke, I'm being serious. When NPR writes a good book review, you make sure to get that book because they yeah. don't just throw out compliments like it's candy. And they gave this book such high recommendations. We've been seeing it from Becky Lynch, Charlotte herself, Natty, you know, Ric Flair's plugging it. He plugs everything, but he's plugging it as well. And so it's, it's, it's a must have because Mm -hmm. as a Ric Flair fan, I have his autobiography that he wrote and it was very well done and very detail oriented. And now to take it from that book to the end of his career, because that's a part where, you know, when we talk about pro wrestlers, we kind of just like if their character ends, well, so do they. Right. Sure. And Ric Flair, you know, we obviously have read the headlines. He has been living a that, life post wrestling. Yeah. And so I want to know what that story is and the details. 
that might be the most interesting story even is when the character ends right and then now, now well uh, and uh, he's perspective- rick flair he's not like nobody knows whatever is re- which is you know what it's richard flair in it but it's a different right, you know, yeah. i mean he is rick flair it's like if john cena retired today he's john cena he doesn't just disappear and everybody knows oh that was john cena the wrestler but no i'm still john cena the same thing here with rick flair so i'd be interested to see that too i'm excited for this book definitely and a double memoir you never hear of and to see the perspective of charlotte who is in her own right you know the best women's wrestler in the world today and then one of the best wrestlers period Right, and then living up to the expectations of Ric Flair. So there's so many different layers that I know he goes into. Uh, So it's definitely a book you should pick up. Again, Second Nature. It's about Charlotte and Ric Flair. That's right. Find it on Amazon. Go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. We have an Amazon affiliate link where you can go right there, pay the same price that Amazon's selling it for naturally, but we get a little kickback. Easy. SpanishAnnounceTable.net. We will return next week with 218 of the Spanish Announce Table, which is on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and... The WWE Championship changed hands 11 times in 1999, the most in its history. Wow. TrainingTopicsNetwork.com! And I'd like to remind you, Bobby Heenan, that... uh... Directly behind you is Helen Hart and the brothers, as well as some of the sisters. And that's the smell.